I knew I'd get it. I knew I'd, I knew I'd hit the note. Fucking nailed it. Assholes, aren't you lucky? All right, I got a fun one tonight. I'm cooking ribs, beef ribs. They've been they've been grilling for three hours. Another another hour to go. So. I may put on some music while I go check out, make sure that's still hot down there. But uh, gonna have to, gonna have to cut this one short. Gonna have to be done within an hour. So see if I can get this in tonight. We're talking about the rock show uh, with the highest uh, body count. I told my daughter that earlier. Uh, I asked her if she could guess what the body count was, and she thought that body count. Uh, meant people you had sex with, um, I think. And I basically, I, I let her know, and I'll let you all that know, that if 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 you want to take a phrase like body count and change its definition from, like, dead people to people you've had sex with, as, as a younger generation, I'm looking at you, all of you, you kids, if you want to do that, if you want to take body count and have it mean people you fucked, you better explain that to your parents or else you're going to have some really fucking awkward conversations. Uh, I, I, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, if you guys want to start talking about body count and like imply that your parents uh, have a body count because they have kids so therefore they got a body count and you know think you can, you can imagine how that can go wrong so i'm just gonna gonna throw that out there now if you want to start reinventing uh new definitions for words uh don't be afraid to share that <sighs> bill burr i've recently uh since the last podcast started listening to bill burr's podcast a little bit and uh I, I want to say that uh, it's really cool having someone out there who's stolen my my act my whole my I feel like my whole podcast like I'm like I'm listening to myself. Uh, I I may from now on just officially have Bilber, Bilber, Bilber. <laughs> I may just have Bilber uh, narrate my podcast from now on. And by narrate, I mean just take his podcasts and do my intro over them and then just play his thing. So that's, that's, that, that may be my future. Uh, it, it's fun because I, I know he's a few years older than me, uh, but his taste in music is the same as mine. He shit all over Pearl Jam, which I know I technically didn't release my shitting all over Pearl Jam podcast, but uh, I did one of those. Uh, he's shitting on '80s and '90s music. That's great. Um, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do a lot more talking about that. He was talking about uh, drumming and his drum teacher, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I, I I did drumming and I had a drum teacher. So it's like, seriously, like Bilber. Uh, you know, I, uh, don't, don't pick on him kids for stealing my act. You know, he did it. 
He he did it more than ten years ago, so he gets a pass. Uh, it's just something that happened in the past. Uh, he gets a pass. Judge him for what he's doing today. Uh, as, as long as he's not stealing my podcast uh, today, then then we're good. So uh, give him a listen. The other thing I like about him is he. Uh, I wouldn't call him overtly political, but he certainly says some fucking shit that you're not allowed to say by the uh, by the censors out there. So I'm going to I'm going to look for ways, not necessarily to be overtly political, but to call bullshit. Uh, when I see it, I'm still kind of scared to do that. Because uh, I do, you know, still have to keep a job. I can't I can't be canceled. So there is some bullshit that I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love it. I, I can't support that more. Oh, yeah, fuck Whitey. Oh, yeah, that guy. I fucking hate that guy, huh? Yeah, this is a great idea. Really? I just saw in the news the... Uh, the uh who is it the the lady who's the um uh diversity uh, inclusivity uh lady for the pentagon basically like the, there's a tweet like she's like i'm i'm sick and tired of these white folks and uh i'll, I'll go on the record by by saying yeah me too totally i fucking hate fucking white people destroying the world so i'm Definitely don't have uh, any complaints with that prevalent idea, fuckers. Uh, anywhere was I at? Oh, I dropped a, I dropped a cockroach, in in a peaches, peaches the tarantula, right right on her head, and she ate that fucker. Now she's out. She's happy. She's wandering the tank. So I guess she's no good at hunting. Maybe I'm raising her. Uh, I'm coddling her, teaching her that. She doesn't have to chase the cockroaches that are hiding in the tank right now that I'm just going to drop one on her head. Speaking of that, uh, my daughter, uh, Paris, Amelia Catherine Carter, from early in the podcast, has uh, got in the car a few hours ago with her mother, and they're driving off to university. So I have to get used to the idea that the house has one less person living in it. Uh, I'm very excited for her. Uh, I'm going to realize in the coming weeks that, uh, I really took for granted having her around all the time and, uh, all the good conversations that we had. And I'm going to try and have her call in for some podcasts. So this is going to take some getting used to. That's why I'm celebrating with beef ribs, uh, life transitions. So, I'm not drinking any alcohol tonight, but if I were, I would raise a glass. I got sparkling, unflavored water. I'll raise a glass. To Amara, Amara, to Paris Amara Lilia Catherine Carter, who's on her way to not be living with her parents anymore. All right, this is all a long prelude into the... Deadliest rock show in America, I believe. I know it's the fourth deadliest uh, nightclub event. Uh, I don't know if the other three were uh, rock shows, so I'm going to assume this was the deadliest rock show with the highest body count. And by body count, I mean dead people, not people who had sex with each other. I don't know. 
I don't actually have the stats on the rock show where the most people had sex with each other. I'm going to assume that it involved Motley Crue. And it was probably just Vince Neil having sex with the most people at his show. But I'm awful flip for a fucking show that's going to get as heavy as it's going to get. Uh, I, I don't want this to just be horror porn. Uh, I listened to uh, Tim Pool, the Tim cast. Uh, watch his clips and listen to some episodes. And recently he had a guest on who served in the military and basically ran a company preparing people for bad stuff. I'm not exactly sure like what the uh, what the marketing material for his company says, but I, I got the sense that like if you are going to be a reporter uh, going to a war-torn area, he would help you understand what the signs are for getting the hell out of Dodge, what to do in if certain events that were more likely. And it, just, it was just really driving home the point that uh, people like me who live in America and live a life where like the hardest thing that might go through your life is uh, like the Instagram post you put out today gets like only 80 likes and yesterday's Instagram post got a hundred likes. And so now you're devastated. Uh, you know, people who don't know that they can die that really like today could be the day you die. It could really, really fucking happen. Like look in the mirror right now. Like I get that you're young and you're firm and you're in the best shape of your life. And you look, you look the best that you're ever going to look. And you're the fucking, king of the world you're the queen of the world and you you know you go and you're gonna live forever um uh, i mean that's that's pretty much the way it is here in america uh but if that civil war that everyone seems to be whispering about comes around not everyone you know who you are the people out there who are like talking about national divorce and and like oh there's a civil war coming like you know you know who you are and, uh, you know, if you get your way and you get your civil war, uh, you're going to find out that you're probably not really actually ready for all that shit. So, uh, fucking, yeah, now I'm starting to get bleak. Good, you fuckers. Good. So that's basically the point of this, because I'm going to, I'm going to share some shit that went down, uh, 19 years ago. And the point of it is that, yes, even if you're just a young person at a rock show, you can have your life snatched away from you. So uh, the, the point is, there's going to be some good advice here about uh, deadly situations and uh, not, uh, not going, well, it can't happen to me. So let's, let's set the stage. Uh, in the 1980s, there was this band called Great White. They, boy, I shouldn't have drank my carbonated water. Now I've got the burps and the hiccups. Oh, this isn't going to last me an hour. I'm almost out. My Dr. Pepper can's empty. Oh, I'm going to stop eating pistachios. Let me put these over here.
that should help. All right, I got a bottle of rubbing alcohol. If it, uh, if it comes down to it. Let's see how interesting I get after uh, blacking out on uh, alcohol. Let's see if I can find some ether. All right, so Great White. They were... They weren't in the top 10 hair bands. I wouldn't even say they're in the top 20, top 50, I don't know. They were... They were big. They... Their biggest hit was Once Bitten, Twice Shy. I love that I got the computer hooked up so I can play some songs. So this is uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Yeah, that's right. This is a huge song in the 80s. Late 80s. So that's Once Bitten, Twice Shy, but not the version that was huge. That's the version that was the original version. Looks like I'm looking at the disc now on YouTube. Uh, looks like it came out in 1975, so that's the year I was born. That is the original version of Once Bitten, Twice Shy. I have no fucking clue how big that version got. But in 1980-something uh, or other... Uh, oh, look at this. YouTube also has, um, show dates for Great White. Uh, hold on. I got a text message from my daughter. She wants to know if there's going to be dinner. I'm conducting business right now. Let me, let me connect business. All right. So, uh, this will probably come up later, but Great White has a show booked December 28th, uh, 2022 at the Whiskey A Go Go in West Hollywood. I've played there, so you know. I I have played the Whiskey A Go-Go, so now you know I'm a badass. Uh, oh, look at this. They're playing September 24th, the day before my birthday, in Las Vegas, and October 8th in Pennsylvania. So they are still playing shows. Now, I have no clue what the band actually consists of. I assume it has to have Jack Russell, the lead singer, and then God only knows who else is in the band. It could be anyone. I will I will confirm right now, for those of you asking, I am not in the band Great White right now. I will not be playing or attending any of these shows. So if you were going to go on the off chance that you might see me performing on stage, uh, don't bother with these shows. Uh, that said, here's the... The version of Once Bitten Twice Shy that was famous. While this plays, I will look it up. Get some fun facts, like when it came out. Alright, this song... I must reach for the computer speakers to turn this down. Instead of the fader on the podcast board. All right, so this song reached number 14 in the UK, the original one, in 1975. And there you have it. So it did chart. Uh, this version, though, the great white version that we're listening to, was covered in 1989. 
The version was also released as a single. It charted to number five on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest song they had. This is a great white. They're fine. Unfortunately, they're famous to the world for a cover song. They had plenty of other songs that are good enough. Uh, my favorite is uh, Mr. Bone. M-I-S-T-A-B-O-N-E. Uh, when, when, she, when she's in the mood, when she feels that love and groove, when she's feeling rude, she grooves with Mr. Bone. I believe uh, is how the words go. Uh, I'm not sure what Mr. Bone is about. Uh, it's a tasty little blues riff. This is I'm only including it so you know what Great White sounds like on an original song. And I'll, I'll probably mumble the guitar line because I know you kids love that. You can't listen to music unless someone is mumbling the guitar riff. So here we go. You ready to fuck you? Dun, 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 dun. So you get it. This is a Mr. Bone. This is the remastered version if you want to listen to it. All right. So so you get it. So great white there. They weren't terrible. Uh, good enough singing, solid songwriting. Uh, not my favorite band. I don't know if they're anyone's favorite band. Ton, tons of good songs for the, the people who are into it, and there you have it. So they played their songs. They had a good run. They had a top five hit. They were doing good. And then Nirvana came and pissed all over them along with everyone else. Uh, their music died. I guess there was kind of two ways to, to handle it. You either uh, accepted defeat and like like Warrant did and just kind of went off and like the guitar player for Warrant went off and got his degree in IT and uh, started working on uh, whatever he was working on with his IT degree. Uh, or you did what like what Skid Row did, which was to like try and reinvent your sound. Uh, they, I know they went on tour with Pantera, and then they tried to adopt the Pantera sound and try to get away from the the hair metal scene that they were the gods of. Uh, it didn't work for them. Uh, Great White did more of the warrant path. I think they did. They didn't try to reinvent themselves. They just accepted that. Uh, they weren't going to be in the Billboard Top 200 anymore. I don't know if they ever took a break from touring, but they kind of made it as a nostalgia act. Uh, the band... I know the band didn't stay together with the original members. I know at the time of this incident, uh, it was not all the original members. It was Jack Russell, the singer. I do know the name of the singer. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Kendall? Something Kendall, the, the guitarist who was in the band when they were famous and then left. Uh, that's there, there you go. That's all the great white lore I know outside of the story I am aiming towards. So they're doing whatever they're doing from 
let's see, Nirvana's album came out in 91. It was huge in 92. The the landslide, uh, as I discussed in my last, or, uh, I guess this is accumulation of several different podcasts where you have the huge world-defining albums in 91, and then you had like uh, Beavis and Butthead canceling Warrant and like Metallica redefining their genre and so they remain relevant and making fun of people who then uh were all unceremoniously uh removed from popularity for looking completely ridiculous and singing oh god i'm totally gonna do a podcast about the ridiculous lyrics of uh, of the 80s hair metal but uh I'm not there. We'll we'll just call Mr. Bone. I I can't even call Mr. Bone. I'm gonna I'll do I'll cover that song. It's it's not even like like when I say cheesy, like there there's shit that uh, that I blush at, but not even Mr. Bone. It is unapologetically what it is. It's a song about a lady who wants the dick. She wants to make a body count, uh, as the new kids are saying, uh, with her body. Uh, and some person with a dick. So you get it. Uh, it's clever enough. So Mr. Bone, two thumbs up. So Great White's doing whatever they're doing through the 90s uh, and early 2000s. We get to February of the year 2003. Uh, oh, God, was that the year Dimebag died? I gotta, I gotta see. When did Dimebag die? I may have to do a, uh, I may have to do a, uh, a podcast on 2003 if this happened. Oh, no, he died in 2004. Okay. So it wasn't quite as, uh, as bad as if both of these horrific events happening the same year, a cursed year. So they're on tour, the Great White. It's 2003, it's February, their tour bus or van or whatever it was, uh, was going through uh, Rhode Island, and they played at a club called, uh, shit, why am I forgetting the name right now? It's a station. The the station was the, the name of the nightclub. A very old building in Rhode Island. Uh, we don't have old buildings like that. I live in San Diego. Uh, we have Old Town with a couple buildings that are really old, but they're like, don't touch them or they'll fall over museums. Uh, almost all of the buildings I see are less than uh, 70 years old. So we don't, uh, we don't have old, old, old ass buildings on this half of the country, but uh, they did over there, and I don't know. I don't know if it was a hundred years old, but it was definitely not a modern building with modern code, uh, fire uh, hazard. Not to get ahead of myself uh, in the story, uh, but they're playing a show. Uh, I know there was four hundred people to see the show that night, so it was at least four hundred person capacity. I guess it was standing room only and uncomfortable to be in there so it was probably a little over what it should have been so imagine a room that 400 people couldn't stand in uh with the stage uh there's snow on the ground there's black ice people are tripping 
and fallen down in the parking lot. Um, it's uh, it's a Rhode Island winter. And uh, Great White, they, I mean, they played arenas at one time, so they knew how to be entertaining and have the spectacle at that level. And just because the people, they didn't have enough fans to sell out an arena, didn't mean they weren't still bringing that A-game to the show. So uh, the, I don't know who it was. Let's call him the tour manager says to the nightclub dudes he's like all right this band is going to play with their pyrotechnics because they're a big boy band and the they're like no i don't feel good about you bringing arena pyrotechnics into my shitty ass little club and then the we'll call him tour manager says well i'm going to have my band get back in their tour van and we're going to drive away what do you think of that cock ass and then the bar owner says oh no you've convinced me we you go ahead and you set off your pyrotechnics and so that's how it went they obviously didn't ch test it out during the sound check because this story would have had a very it, it would this would have been a story about that embarrassing time that the band burned down all their equipment uh if they had tested it in the in the uh, the sound check in the afternoon before there were 400 people in the room. Sorry, I dropped some shit. I had to pick up my shit. So, so the, uh, the, the so one interesting thing about this is everything I'm going to talk about. At least the event itself. There was a film, uh, maybe not crew. There was a guy. This is before iPhones. This is before people, you know, had cell phones with the capacity to, like, record video. I think in 2003, there were some phones that had cameras, and you could take pictures, like, like literally, like, 300 by 400 pixel, shitty-looking single pictures, and then you take, like, 10 of them, and now your phone's full. So there was no video of the world before iPhones came out and maybe that was 2004. Let's check that. Maybe 2004 is the year because I know Facebook uh, went public in 2004. That might be good. When did iPhone release year? I should go through year by year and explaining. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, iPhone functionality was later introduced in 2022. All right. So the iPhone was uh, was released in 2022. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Brave Browser, for that. Oh, never mind. It came out in 2007. God damn it! I can't remember anything right. I remember that it happened, though. iPhones came out. For sure. I know for sure that iPhones came out. In the past. So, my point being that, uh, because there was... It was it's actually funny. There was a film crew there who was recording a video on venue safety, I believe. Uh... So that's actual irony, uh, not like Alanis Morissette irony, where there's no irony involved. To have a a film crew or film dude filming an event for film safety end up being the fourth deadliest uh, performance in American history uh, and get it all on film, that is irony. And... There, there's shit on YouTube you can't unsee. 
It's um, I, I, f- I first saw the clips of the events as they unfolded a few years ago and YouTube YouTube's really pushed out and they really want like I, they don't have a problem with naughty words, but they really don't want their dark subjects as I've bitched about uh, in the um, Jim can't swim video. YouTube really doesn't want you to go too dark and so, there's a there was a clip that was pretty really fucking traumatic um, that is down. But there's I mean everything I'm about to say, and I'll I'll actually play some clips so you kind of get the the sense of timing on this event. It's all there, and if you I I I won't play anywhere near the whole thing, but if you can imagine a building with uh oh fuck I'm not gonna get there. But it's all fucking there. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But uh, I'll, I'll play a little of, of the video and start to explain what's happening. I'll play it and stop it and explain it. And then I'll let it play at least uh, the first minute at least once. So you hear, right, so you get a sense of, of how fast this shit went down. Uh as you can probably guess by now, uh, it, it involves a fire uh, inside the club. So let's see. I pulled up the video. I'll have a link in the description for this particular video. There are several videos. Um, in this video, the first 30 seconds is just a, a freeze frame with uh, some explanations. Uh, all right. I'm going to start it at the 32 second mark. And uh, it, what it's going to be is a, a camera, camera guy with the camera, and it's, I don't know how big it is, it's not a phone, it's a camera like on his shoulder. Uh, probably not as big as a film camera or a news camera, I'm guessing it's a portable thing, but it's still, you know, so it's a guy, camera's on his shoulder, so the camera's, people have their fists in the air, the camera's about the height of the fists. Uh, he's panning the crowd and then up to the stage. The band is starting their first song of the night, and I will hit play. Sparklers are going off. These are, let me stop and explain these. These are shooting, they look like sparklers, but they are shooting sparks. And they look like they're on the back of the stage on the bottom and like the ceilings like 10 feet tall and it looks like these sparklers would be shooting 15 to 20 feet into the air so they are hard spraying the ceiling and then on the sides are shooting off at like a 45 degree angle so they're off like grazing the ceiling and then like this covering almost the whole back of the wall let's see while we're paused, let me let me talk about soundproofing material, because that's that's a really important part of this conversation. So soundproofing material. There's the right way to do it, and there's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is um, is this foam, and I guess there's several ways to do it. But if you're going the foam route, there's this foam looks like the like egg cartons. Like it's wavy with little pockets that you could put an egg in. And that, you know, it's it's the shape to bounce sound back in and into other parts of the wall. And so it just kind of creates an echo in the wall and it's foam. And it 
it tries to stop all the sound because if you've got a band playing in a nightclub in a residential area, you want to uh, dull out the the noise. And then they just like glue that right to the wall or staple it in or something. If you've got wood there, they basically stick that right to the, the walls and ceiling. That's And that stuff's fairly expensive. And it's meant to be out in the air like that, just to sit there. Mainly because it's fire resistant, which is a really important part of the walls and ceiling of a place, is that it won't burn like it's uh, napalm. Which brings me to the other way you can soundproof. There's a packing material. It's shaped the same way. Um, you like... If you want to ship a vase somewhere, you can like wrap it in the stuff or line the inside of a box with this stuff and then squeeze the vase in and it's and it's safe from getting smacked or jostled. And this stuff, if you smell it, and they may not even make it anymore, if you smell it, you know you are smelling a oil-based product. It's not as flammable as gasoline. But it's, it's flammable. And when you light it, it goes. So it's not like, you know, like gasoline, like if you bring a match anywhere near it, you're guaranteed to set it off. It's not quite that volatile, but there are fumes coming off of this stuff that are flammable. And once it's going, it's going to go and it's going to go quick. So imagine, imagine you're in a rock show. And the walls and ceiling are covered with this foam chemical that burns. It's not quite like this, like sticking. I guess imagine nailing a bunch of paper towel rolls or toilet paper rolls all over the wall and ceiling and like soaking it and rubbing alcohol. You know, not as volatile as gasoline, but once it goes, it's going to go. So just imagine that. So that's that's the room that they're in. The guys use cheap, highly flammable soundproofing material just out in space. And then they put some um, pyrotechnic devices that shoots uh, a huge cloud of sparks uh, 15 to 20 feet. Uh, apparently, maybe not directly against it, but certainly where the sparks will hammer the hell out of it. So let me let me back up a little bit. Now you, now that you know what's going on sparks sparks are going, the crowd's going nuts. Everyone's happy, the singer's getting ready. He's throwing his arms around. Still sparks, still that a massive amount of sparks. Smoke coming up. All right, the sparks are gone. There are now, I'm going to hit pause, there are now uh, huge flame runs up those walls and on the ceiling. There is uh, maybe two to three feet wide from the bottom of the stage to the top of the stage, walls of aggressive flames uh, and flames, you know, big plumes of flames on the ceiling. Uh 
literally imagine highly flammable substance just completely covering every surface of the wall and ceiling and now on fire uh don't worry i'll play this all again and walk you through it i just want you to to know when i give the uh the different milestones of these events what's actually happening and how fast it's happening so at this point there's smoke in the room you can still see the band but there's smoke in the room. There's flames, fucking horrific looking flames. Band's playing. Singer starts singing. Flames are getting bigger. Now there's so much smoke, you can't see the band anymore. Now they stop playing one at a time as they realize shit's getting real. By the way, the the sync or the, the cameraman has already moved out of the room and is in the hallway, ready to leave. He knows he can get out fine, so he's, here comes the alarms. Now the rush of people, and he starts to go out, so. Should I explain the shape of this room? This is basically a big room, and then there's like a hallway, and then a walkway to get out. And somewhere in there's a bar, uh, probably on the other end of the big hallway to get out. Um, so imagine imagine a square, and uh, imagine there's a doorway uh, at the bottom of the square, and once you go through the doorway, you're facing a wall, and you have to, like, turn left, the walk the, the length of the building, and then it, like, opens you up inside where security would be, and then you're into the, the big room, and in that room's like pool tables and a stage and a bar and all of that. So uh, during, during that time, the singer moved his way to the end of the room, and he's now at that, in the doorway to, to walk that hallway to the, the main exit. There's double doors at the exit. Uh, one of them is always locked. Um, and the other one opens. And since everyone came in through that door, everyone leaves through that door, which will end up being mistake number one. So I'm going to play, I'm going to play this through again. It's one minute and 30 seconds in, and it starts at 30 seconds. So exactly one minute in, um, oh, and I'll, I'll also leave it playing. Cause I think last time I listened, I think like the lead guitarist stops first, then the drummer, then the second guitarist and the bass is the last to stop and somewhere in there the singer i'll let it play you can hear the singer saying that's not good uh which is the understatement of the of the night um yeah so let me let me replay the last minute and i'll explain what happened but you can hear how fast uh events changed so two minutes or sorry 32 seconds in i'm gonna hit play Bands playing Sparks on now. Fists in the air. Sparks are still going. You can't see the fire yet because the sparks are hiding it. And sparks off. Fire. Big fire. Smoke. Singer sings. So much smoke you can barely see the band. The cameraman's moving his way out because he knows shit's real. Wow, that's not good. That was a singer. So it's now been 
45 seconds. People are... Fire alarm. People are walking to the exit they came in. They're in a big room. They're in a great big room. There are several emergency exits. Everyone... I shouldn't say everyone. There are some people who who are up at the front, and they're like, they just went for the emergency exit. The band went out their exit, which is interesting because the uh, the guitar player for the band, they all made it out, and then he went back in to uh, get his guitar because he liked his guitar, and that cost him his life. Um, let's see. So there's just, just people are leaving the fire. And uh, I guess well we're at the point where I'm not I'm not gonna play the rest. I guess well let's play. I'll play some more. I'll stop it before you start dealing with the wailing screams of dozens of people as they realize they're gonna die inside a building. Uh, no one's panicking yet. They're just walking out. Then now they're walking down the hallway. And now he's out. He's out into the cold Rhode Island night. The cameraman is, and people are following them. And I'll go ahead and stop it there. You you can imagine it. Let's see. So I can start to get into some stats that night and some stories that night. So there were 400 people in the building. Uh, 100 people died. Uh, 96 of them died there that night, and four of them died in the hospital. Um, if you there's so I, I've I've seen lots of clips, lots of stories of people. There's a there's one story of uh, a man and his wife. Uh, trying to get out one of the emergency exits, and the bouncer guy's like, no, you can't come through here, this is for the band. And they had to go try to go out another exit, and the they actually ended up getting separated, and the husband died, and the wife got out to relay that story. And uh, as fucked up as that is, um, I guess the main point is uh, when shit starts to get real from the, the Civil War coming... Uh, there are people that we usually think are authority figures and they're authority figures for one type of reality. Uh, for example, that bouncer's job, all he ever knew was I got to keep the band safe from fans and that was his job and that was his training and that's all his experience was with problems arising was crowd control and keeping rabid fans away from the band. And so when things dramatically changed, his skill set, his ability to be an authority figure with any good advice at all was useless. And so as I awkwardly try to shoehorn this into uh, this, the lessons into being aware of things, it's don't... Don't just listen to to people who have expertise in one realm, but not in like dangerous things happening. You know, a security guard uh, not trained for this. Uh, 
I don't know how many lives he cost. I don't know if he got out alive. Uh, that's not the point. The point is uh, an authority figure uh, did not know what to do, did not treat it seriously enough, and uh, do, not, uh, do not trust the advice of others uh, blindly uh, when it comes to uh, saving your own life. The other, the other thing being how long it took people, like the, the cameraman, I, and I don't know, because he was looking through the camera and he still knew uh, this is not, you know, within 20 seconds, he was walking to the door and was like one of the first people out. And it's it just the, the idea is like, yeah, you paid money for a ticket. And you're having a good time, and now there's a fire, and it's getting out of control. And it's like, but they'll probably put it out. Um, you know, I don't want to go out, because will they let me back in? Uh, if I leave now, you know, it's like, what, what were people thinking when they should have been, like, getting their ass out of that building? It's like, and that's why I said, yes, you can die. Uh you know, there's, you, you got to be aware. And even if you paid $10 to get into a rock show, uh, you just got to be ready to like, get the fuck out of there. So that's the, the, I mean, the moral of the story, and I, don't worry, I'll, 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 I'll sh I got more stories on this one to share, but th the moral of the story is that, um, uh, you are ultimately responsible for your safety. Um, and, uh, you gotta go with your instinct and our instincts are not that good, uh, in our life of, uh, safety and comfort. And it's like, I think the, I heard the, like the number one, I guess, Causes of death for teenagers and people in their 30s. You know, you've, you've got, like, suicide, I think's number two, and, like, car accidents or, or something like that. So, you know, we're... We, we don't live in a world where something starts to happen and we have a chance to react to it and try to save our lives because, luckily, we, you know, we don't live in a war-torn place. Uh, for now... I've certainly seen enough riots and, and stuff in America to know that there will be times uh, for some people where they got to do the right thing or they could end up, you know, they something's coming and they got to get the fuck out of there or they could be killed. That's it's going to happen again in my lifetime. So that's that's the point of this is to. Uh, know when to treat that instinct seriously. Uh, better to hear about it uh, on social media from five blocks away than it is to sit there and try to be the, the on-the-spot reporter. Uh, so, let's see. There's some stories. There's this guy. Um, Raul Mike Vargas, I guess. With Mike in uh, quotes, his, his, he goes by Mike and not Raul. Uh, well, I, I'll 
I'll I'll get to the let's let's get to the story. Well, I'll continue the rest of the story without playing the the clip. But basically, as people were were working their way out, um, they started uh, to bottleneck because there's a there's a wide hallway, uh, you know, like two or three people wide, and then a single doorway, and so people all smashed in, you know, three wide, and then a bottleneck at the doorway. So people were starting to to pin in there. And then this big strong guy uh, busted the locked door open. So suddenly it went from, you know, one door open to two doors open. And so suddenly the crowd was able to move. And so what happened is you have a lot of people trying to push their way out. And then people who are stuck who can't move forward anymore because there's a door in their face and a wall. And then that door opens, and so the people in the front um, are pushed out. And what that does is it, it allows, you know, all kinds of people to start moving who were smashed in there, and then a lot of those people start falling because they're being pushed from behind. They were being pushed from behind and from the front. And then the people in the front moved, and so then they went down on their faces and the people behind, now they're being pushed, and they're being pushed on top of other people. And basically, opening the door, it, it caused some good stuff, but now people are crawling out. And you end up with, uh, I'll just say a pile, uh, imagine 20 people pinned in a doorway with uh, 100 people behind them. And, uh, yep. Yep. That's basically it. So some people smashed some windows and they got out from the side. But uh, I guess maybe uh, maybe uh, three quarters of the people got out before the, the doors were hopelessly uh, jammed with people who couldn't get out and were just flailing their arms. And eventually the fire got to them and were and this is they, they don't show that on camera. But they, they show the people pinned, and then the cameraman goes back to see if there's other ways to get out, and then he comes back, and it's just flames. And it was like 90 seconds, so you know that nothing happened to get those people out. Um, and so now we're back to, uh, to Raul, to Mike. I'll call him Mike. He was in that pile. Uh, and he says he was a wrestler, which is why he learned that um, when you're, when someone's coming down on top of you, you don't want to lay down flat because then you can't breathe. So he rolled in a fetal position. And again, this isn't horror porn. This is just some advice that most of us who weren't wrestlers don't know. He rolled up in a fetal position on his side. And so he could still breathe. He was covered with people. Uh, everyone around him died. Um, they eventually put the fire out and pulled him out. And he got some burns on his leg. Because that's the other thing. The, the, uh, the soundproofing material basically melted into napalm. And so napalm's raining down on people as they're trying to get out. And... Luckily, the smoke was so fucking bad that you just probably breathed, uh, you know, three or four breaths, and then you died from that. Um, 
and then you got you know burned but you're you're dead from the smoke so god i mean if there's uh, any uh, any point so i told you i told you it's gonna get into some shit so we got uh we got all that um Again, I'll have a link if you want to see this. There's a lot of links to people sharing their stories, um, what happened that night, uh, what it was like, um, the aftermath. Uh, the The tour manager was uh, he went to jail for years. The club owners who they didn't have sprinklers. Um, and they used highly flammable soundproofing stuff. They went to jail. Uh, they were all destroyed people, as obviously you would be. Um, I haven't heard from the band. I know that uh, the singer uh, basically destroyed his body from drinking. I got to imagine that even, you know, because their story is like, well, no, we never told them that they had to, to light this sparklers and we never we never would have done this if we'd have known all the facts and so obviously they weren't as directly responsible as say the person who knew that they were putting flammable material on the wall but I still gotta imagine that fucked with them uh, kind of permanently uh, they're still playing shows I know they said that they would never play that song the uh, the song is something moon uh I'll look for it because everyone wants to hear it. Great white moon, something moon. I'll get it. Desert moon. That's it. So uh, that was the song that they were playing. Um, they said they would never play that song again. They live. They then they're now playing that song again live. Um, I mean, life life has a funny way of uh, letting you heal and move on, and so something you never thought you'd do. I mean, I don't know what they thought. Like like I said, the the guitar player went back in for his guitar and didn't come out alive. So uh, it's not like they're just like shit. That was a hell of a thing, you know. It was it's it's horrific, and there's like let's say there's another hour at least of uh, a video. Of what happened that night. So if you're fucking wanting to, to live through the uh, the authentic war experience, um, without seeing you don't you don't see a lot of uh, you don't see the gore, you don't see oh shit maybe I should maybe I should check because I just I didn't rewatch this one. Let me let me see. Well, even then I no I, I never remember seeing the gore. You just, it was what you heard in the imagination that makes this one of the hardest things to watch. So if you really want to uh, have a experience, a change your life experience, uh, I'll include the link in the YouTube, or the YouTube link in the, in the video, and you can see what it was like for the people, the, uh, the club basically burned to the ground. There was part of the wall um, in the front 
that when firefighters got there, they were able to, to hose that down. But basically the rest of the structure, the roof and three of the walls and half of the, the fourth wall, completely gone. Um, yeah, 100, 100 people... 100 people died that night, or sorry, 96 died that night. I don't know of the other four if they died that night or there's, there's some stories, boy, stories of firefighters pulling people out, uh, who were alive, but not for long. Uh, this rabbit hole goes really deep, uh, for the human tragedy of this. And, uh, you know. It, it wasn't it wasn't a band I was particularly into. It wasn't certainly at that point. It wasn't a show I was at. Uh, I only bring it up for the for the life saving. You know, know where the fire exits are uh, when you go into a building, um, and know that if there's an emergency, you don't go out the way you came in because that's what. Almost everyone did. Let's say 90% of the people at this club went out the way they came in. And if they had, if, if people had gone out of fire exits, this would have been the story of the band that burned their equipment down uh, and really embarrassed themselves. So that's the, that's the point of this is uh, if this happens again, uh, let it be an embarrassing story for the band and not uh, not what this became. So I think that's it. I think that's all I got to say about that. Uh, again, thanks to Bilber for, uh, for showing me that I can continue to release the podcast I want to release and that eventually I'll get to be on Breaking Bad if I keep doing what I'm doing. So... That's it. I want to thank you all. I think my ribs are done. So I'm going to go eat some ribs. You go and not die in a fire. And junk. <laughs>